Hello and welcome back to Commodity Conversations by the team Mercado for another week's catch up on the trends and news in our key agricultural markets. My name is Olivia Agar and for today's episode we're going to be honing in on grain markets. Livestock and wool have had plenty of attention here on the podcast lately so we'll leave them to one side for this week seeing as there's some new information releases in the grain space to chat about. So I've called in our resident grain contributor, Nick Booth from Next Level Grain Marketing to join us today. So welcome back to the podcast, Nick. Thanks, Olivia. Good to be here. Great to have you. Uh, So last time we caught up was about a month or so ago on the podcast. We spoke to you a bit about how the crop was looking around the Air Peninsula and it wasn't too crash hot in the region at that stage. You missed out on a fair bit of rain that a lot of the southeast have gotten. Has been there been much of a turnaround since then? We we uh, we had a fantastic start to to August. Um, we had um, sort of anywhere between sort of twenty five and seventy mil rain event um, for the first few or well, first week of of August, uh, which really changed. Um, it was a real you know, nick of time rain event. Um, so that that certainly changed um, a lot of the uh, the forecasts and turned a lot of those rounds upside down. Um, but uh, yeah, it it has been dry since. So that rain um, really kept the the walls from the door, I guess. Um, but you know, we're sort of at a point now where finishing rain. Um, would be very handy. Um, a lot of a lot of your listeners would probably be aware of the the uh, the front that went through oh, this time last week. I think um, a lot of wind, quite warm. Um, so you know, there's been a bit of damage done from that. You know, crops on heavier ground have certainly probably struggled a bit. So so fingers crossed. Yeah, and how long is the window now? I suppose for for you to get some more rain in to really make a difference. It's pretty varied over here on Air Peninsula. You've got the, the lower EP, which, you know, is still, you know, crops are probably only just starting to flower, uh, cereal crops, that is. Um, whereas you go out sort of central and west, the crops would be, you know, filling. So I, I don't think anyone would say no to a rain, but, you know, another month, crops will be starting to hay off fairly well in those, um, those lower rainfall areas. I suppose that's a good point to kick us off on today and about the local crop progress and expectations because we've had uh, A-Bears have come out with their updated forecasts for the 2020-21 crop and they're talking a pretty big game. I noticed a few of the crops are expected to sit in the top three largest production years. So can you give us a bit of an overview on on what those forecasts were? Uh, certainly. Um, yeah, A-Bears uh, came out with a, with a 28 point. 28.9 million ton wheat crop. Um, it was it was overdue for them to to lift their um, their estimates. Um, it was only really a question of how much they were going to. Um, so so the number of you know 28 million odd ton, I think it's about the third largest on record, um, and and a lot of that is due to to New South Wales um, and Victoria having a, um, a fantastic production year. Um, and WA since those rains through August is probably, you know, if anything, capped a put a bit of a question mark over over um, over production again. So uh, I still see there are some 
uh, analysts out there forecasting 30 million ton. I don't think we're going to get to that, um, just in my opinion. Um, but I, I would suggest that something in the order of you know, 26 to 28 million tonnes going to be achievable from here on in. Yeah, and so that would have to be pretty ideal conditions between now and then to get to those levels. Yeah, correct. Um, yeah, we're, we're still going to need, um, yeah, September's a really you know, make or break month um, mm. for, for most uh, cereal growing areas. Um, you know, so, you know, it, it just helps the grain finish and feel, hopefully feel, you know, three or four wide and that, you know, is all, uh, is all bonus. Absolutely. And, and what about on the barley side of things? I mean, that I don't think we've caught up on the podcast since there was the announcement that uh, CBH exports into China have been banned for barley. Has that had much of an impact on the market after there was already the introduction of the 80% tariff or is it a bit, um, you know, not much news here? Yeah, I think it's, I think it's, uh, yeah, I don't think there's, there's a lot of new news. Um, I think the, the, um, the fact that the 80% tariff was levied on, on barley effectively killed the Australian barley um, industry into China. Um, I think what had been happening though, there's, there's been a, a little circuitous um, trade going on where, where I think CBH marketing um, had been able to access um, some barley sales, some malt barley sales into some exclusion zones um, outside of China uh, where I think that, that barley had been malted and it was the actual malt that was being imported into China. Um, so I think uh, China, or well, the powers that be there at least, um, woke up to this and, and put the, the ban on, on CBH. Um, so whether that's um, CBH marketing arm or whether it's the entire uh, storage and handling logistics chain as well, um, I'm a little unsure of at this point. Um, but it's just, they've just effectively slammed the door on that particular option. So it's, um, it, whether, if, if it is just the marketing arm, what it may mean is that another marketer can, um, you know, might be able to pick up that type of, uh, that business. If it's the storage and handling logistics arm, then that might just mean that another state um, gets to, uh, gets to pick up um, some of that sort of, uh, yeah, that, that small amount of malt trade. So it's a bit of a watch this space. And what sort of other markets could that malt go into? Is much of it get, you know, done here or, or where could it go? I think the malt in Australia is fairly illiquid. It's, I think it's at best about a million tonnes across or nationally. So, you know, when, you know, we're talking about an 11 million tonne crop, which, you know, maybe... 20, 30% goes malt, there's, there's going to be plenty of, of malt potential, um, you know, or, or malt being um, available. So uh, who picks it up? I mean, there's, there's a bit of chatter around uh, India taking some more malt. Um, that's a, a market in its infancy. Um, so they're not going to be big volume buyers. Um, there might be a bit of, you know, malt into, into Southeast Asia as well. Um, but again, it's it's, um, it's it's certainly not the volume that 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 China was offering. Do you think the market is where it needs to be to really get into some of those export markets like Saudi that was sort of 
funders the potential to take on some of the volumes of barley that went into China? Yeah, it's a, it's a good question. I think, you know, Saudi are obviously now the main market. Um, you know, we're talking about malt. They're not interested. Um, yeah. It, it's feed only. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's going to be, it's, it's all to do with timing. Um, so right at the, at the minute, um, there's, you know, barley supplies coming out of the Black Sea and, and Europe, um, which would be making its way into, into Saudi um, when they uh, announce their tenders. Um, what is in our favour is that the price has already done most of the hard work and come off, so we're well priced. Um, we are seeing um, the vaulted dry index increase slightly, which, which is a, an index of uh, ocean freight values. Um, so that actually limits the reach of maybe some competing origins, whether it's Argentina or Canada, um, against our own. So we do have some, some advantages um, from freight perspective. So I think, yeah, I think we are well positioned to, to um, tap into the Saudi feed market. Um, but like I say, it's, it's really just a matter of, of when. Well, if ABES forecasts are right, there'll be plenty to go about. So hopefully it is at the you know, right price point. And Nick, the, the other big report release, of course, tonight, we've got the USDA releasing their WASDE report. What are some of the expectations that people are talking about that we're going to see from it? It's, it's largely centred around corn at the moment. Um, now, the, uh, again, most of your listeners would, would probably be aware um, that some of the key agricultural states in the in the US of you know, Iowa and Illinois and those sort of places have actually had a um, bit of a dream run. But the month of August and now September have been quite dry, quite warm. It's summer. It's going to happen. Um, but they've also had some, um, you know, some, some fairly significant... Uh, storm damage um, um, that flattened something like 20 million acres of, of uh, corn in Iowa. So, so this report is really going to be tallying up the the damage that was done um, through through August. Um, a lot of private analysts have their their figures out there. Um, I think the the USDA's August um, estimated corn yield was something like 181 bushels per acre, a record. A lot of the analysts are now sort of suggesting that it's it's going to be closer to that 178. There has been some damage um, just due to the hot, dry weather as well as the windstorm. So it's going to be interesting to see whether or not the, the USDA comes out with their figure and it happens to be in the range of expectations. Yeah, we'll all be watching and waiting to see because... Of course, we, we know that our wheat prices are very closely linked to what goes on in, in corn as well at the moment. So any ideas uh, if, if the USDA report uh, for corn is, is at expectations, what sort of flow on we might see? Well, I think what it will mean is that the, the, the carryout for corn in the States will be tightened up a bit. And that's going to be supportive of, of corn prices. Um, now, the current spread from wheat to corn would probably indicate that uh, corn will remain the primary feed ration. Um, but any sort of further upside um, in corn might throw some demand back to wheat, um, which will obviously be supportive wheat. So 
Um, so it, it, it will be interesting to see um, how, um, how the market trades. I suspect if the market, if the USDA report comes back within range of expectations, then it's going to be business as usual. Nothing's going to change much. The market's already factoring in a, a reduction in, in um, corn yield. If the USDA comes out with a significantly lower yield or production, then that could really put a bit of a rocket under under commodities while the um, while we digest that news. Yeah, and I think a few weeks ago you were reporting on that Chinese demand has really picked up. Is that the market that's going to be snapping it all up? Yeah, the the inscrutable Chinese. It's really hard to yeah and. Um, that they are buying nearly all commodities hand over fist at the moment, uh, particularly ag commodities. Um, we assume that it's all part of the phase one trade deal that they're they're picking up the slack there. Um, so, yeah, the, the, the obviously I think the Chinese have have um, sold down their internal stocks uh, of corn and beans um, and are needing to you know build up their their um, their supplies again. So you would expect that China will be significant buyers uh, going forward. But you know the US consumes a hell of a lot of corn of its own. So it's either way. I think we're going to see um, yeah you know, tightening of corn stocks. That's a really good good wrap up, Nick. And um, I think that about covers it for today. I mean, in summary, um, A Bears have put out some pretty big expectations and. And we need some pretty ideal weather to, to from now until harvest to, to get there. So we'll hope that spring brings what we need and we'll be waiting and watching to see what comes out of the WASDE report tonight. So thank you so much again for joining, Nick. And always good to have a bit of a fresh voice here with me on the podcast. And I'm, I'm sure our listeners appreciate what you've had to share today. What's the best way that any of our listeners can get in touch with you to find out some more about Next Level Grain? Oh, sure. Um, uh, I'm on Facebook. I'm on um, Twitter. Um, and uh, if anyone was interested in, in um, getting onto the, uh, you know, their search engine, just next level grain, one word, and um, they should find me. Nice and easy. No, thanks, Nick. And thanks, listeners, again for tuning in to today's grain update. Uh, we'd love if you could help support this podcast by sharing it around and giving it a rating or a review on your podcast app. And we will talk to you again next week. Thank you.